Welcome to the LYC Podcast. We are a youth community that believes in loving people and meeting them where they are. Our desire is that through this message, God's love for you is confirmed, your hope in Jesus is renewed, and your faith is awakened. I needed this message. I needed to study this message. I needed to work through this message because it, it most most of the time when, when, when I'm coming and working on these messages, I'm obviously, there's, it's speaking to me and I, and I'm believing that, that, that they're a good message, but this message in particular hit me a different way. I, and it hit me because I needed to hear it. I needed to hear what Jesus had to say about himself. Today, the title of the sermon is Jesus is the Resurrection and the Life. I needed to know and remember and be reminded that Jesus is my resurrection and my life. I needed to remember that Jesus wanted to give me life. He came to give me life. He came to resurrect me. I needed to remember that. I needed to remember that he has things in my life that he wants to resurrect. So that's what we're talking about today. We've been in a series, this is week two of our series, called um, Jesus in His Own Words where we have been looking at the I am statements of Jesus and and allow ourselves to to learn about Jesus from the words and mouth of Jesus, where he says, I am showing us his identity as divinity or his uh, himself saying to us that he is God. The parallels are pretty insane when you look at the Old Testament in congruency with the entire Old Testament, New Testament God in the Bible in Exodus, what did he say to Moses? He says, I am. That's the name that he gave. So when we see Jesus here saying the same thing, I am. Last week we talked about the good shepherd. He said, I am the good shepherd. Today, we're looking at how he said, I am the resurrection and life. And can I just say that Jesus wants you to know that he wants to resurrect you when you die He wants to resurrect you now. There's things in your life that he wants to resurrect. Can I say that Jesus wants to give you a better life than you could ever imagine? He wants things that you thought were dead or things that that, that no way this can happen, no way this can work out. He wants to show you that that you can trust him and know that he is powerful and he is loving and he cares so deeply about you. So I needed this message because I needed this reminder. Today, if you got your Bibles, we're looking at John 11. John 11, starting in chapter 3. And again, like I said last week, when we see these I am statements, I want you to really consider the fact of what Jesus is telling you about himself in his own words. So I, I want you guys to consider this. If what Jesus is saying about himself is what he's saying, I want you to consider the fact, who do you say that Jesus is? Is Jesus your good shepherd? Do you believe that? Is Jesus your resurrection in life? Do you believe that? Those are the things that I want you to think about. Maybe even write down on your notes, is Jesus my resurrection? Is Jesus my life? And and, and through the course of today, tonight, tomorrow, I want you to ask God that. I want you to consider that. Are we ready? We're ready to get into scripture? Are we excited? Got a little tense? You guys comfortable? We're in gear now. We're driving. 
Alrighty. Uh, John 11, starting in chapter, no, John, verse, John chapter 11, starting in verse 3. Brad, are we recording? Yes, sir. My mom likes to hear my messages, my biggest fan. Alrighty. So starting in verse 3. Sorry, let me give you some back, some background, some context. Uh, this is a story about the, the, the resurrection of Lazarus. The resurrection of, of Lazarus, that, that, that Jesus resurrected Lazarus. And so starting in chapter, in verse three, so the two sisters sent a message to Jesus telling him, Lord, your dear friend is very sick. But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus, sick, Lazarus's sickness will not end in death. Now it happened for the glory of God so that the Son of Man will receive glory for, from this. So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. Stop right there. A little bit more context. Jesus cared deeply about Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, like he did many people. But I can imagine, and you guys should imagine too, Jesus had friends. Jesus had friends like we do. So imagine one of your friends coming to you, telling you, your friend, Lazarus, your, your, your friend is dying. Come, come, come. And, and here we are with Jesus. They tell him this news that his friend is, is dying. And what does Jesus say? He says, no, this sickness will not end in death. And it happened for the glory of God so that the son of man will receive glory from this. So basically what, is, what he's saying is watch what happens. Watch what I'll do. Trust me. So many of you guys know the story. Some of you guys uh, know the story. You might be curious, Jesus, why did you take so long to go meet Lazarus? Don't you know that, that this is a person who needs your healing? You, should, you, you, Jesus, should be the one to, oh, someone's dying. Let me, no, no. It's, it's a question. You might be reading this and questioning, God, what, what does this mean here? And what I want you guys to understand is Jesus' delay shows us that he has, what he's been saying this entire time. Jesus' delay is a, is a, is a sign, is, is showing us that his marching orders came exclusively from his father. His, what he does, what he did came from his father. He was not swayed by his enemies. He was not swayed even by his friends, his closest friends, in fact. And although it's not really said in, in, script, in, in Scripture, we don't know why Jesus stays rather than goes. But he, know, he knew that he was supposed to be there. And what we see here is Jesus echoing what, what he said when he was young in Luke chapter 2, which says, I must be about my father's business. And th this is Jesus showing that in, to us that he is following what his father has told him. So Jesus, who, already, uh, who they already believe as Messiah, Martha and, and Mary believed him as Messiah, uh, and, and they are telling him what's going to happen. But he knew what was going to happen. But see, it wasn't as simple for them to see what was going to happen because all they knew was that their brother was dying and if Jesus didn't come right now, he was going to die. See, they were, they were, they were afraid, they were nervous, they were scared. They knew Jesus as Messiah, they knew Jesus could save, but he, he, he didn't go. And it wasn't as simple 
and easy for them to know what was going to happen. Because again, all they saw and all they knew was the present reality, which was their brother Lazarus was going to die. That was their present reality. So they're going to Jesus. Hey, God, this is what's going on. You need to show up here. You need to show up here. And it doesn't look how it, they think it does. And this is kind of my, my first point. And it's don't let your present reality dictate what you think God can do in your life. Don't let your present reality dictate what you think God can do in your life. So their present reality was their, it's brother, right? It, they were, Lazarus was his brother. Gosh, I don't know why I got so confused. It, Lazarus wasn't Mary and Martha's friend. They, sorry, I got myself confused. Right? Yeah. Okay, gosh, I'm tripping up here. I'm like, don't mess anything up, Sebastian. Um, hey, don't let your present reality dictate what you think God can do in your life. So they let their present reality put them in fear. So I encourage you to remember, to write this down. Don't let your present reality dictate what you think God can do in your life. And don't give up because of delay. See, it was the delay of Jesus that made them frustrated. See, what Jesus may want to do while you... I want to, I want to remind you guys something or tell you guys something. What Jesus... Jesus wants to do something with you when, you, when you're waiting for him. There is this, this reality of the wait, the pause. And it's an opportunity for you to see Jesus in a different way, increasing your faith, knowing that in time, it will mean even more than if it came quickly. Overcoming doubt, truly learning how to have faith and trust in Jesus can lead you into experiencing more of Jesus and more that Jesus wants to offer you. When you are faithful and waiting, God will be sure the payoff is worth it. So there's this waiting period. They, their, Martha and Mary's waiting period made their faith, it, it was hard. It was hard to see what Jesus was going to do. Their, their present reality, it, it worried them. So going back, verse 17, going back into scripture, verse 17 Got to go. Oh, sorry. Uh, when Jesus arrived at Bethany, so after two days, Jesus decides to come, and then it's it's now four days since Jesus gets there. So when Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was told that Lazarus had already been in his grave for four days. Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem, and many of the people had come to console Martha and Mary in their loss. When Mary got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. But Mary stayed in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if only you had been there, my brother, would have not, not, my brother would not have died. But even now I know what God will give you. That, but even, even now I know that God will give you whatever you ask. God will give you whatever you ask. This is what Martha, this is, what Martha is saying. So Jesus told her, your brother will rise again. Yes, Martha says, he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. And remember, something, something about Mar Martha and Mary is that Martha was kind of the practical one. She was the one 
who was serving and, and, and trying to, to, to serve while, while Mary was at the feet of Jesus. But here it's almost, it's almost flipped. Martha is the one who comes out to Jesus. And it's, it's, it's clear that, that her faith, that she had faith that Jesus could have resurrected her brother if only he was there though. Jesus, I, I, I believe that you could have done it, but you didn't. She believed it was too late. And I can tell you this. This is what I want you guys to know. It's never too late for Jesus. It's never too late for Jesus. And it's never too late for you to experience all that Jesus wants to give to you. As long as you're breathing, there's still an opportunity. Going now to verse 25. Jesus told her, I am the resurrection and the life. And anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. And he says, do you believe this, Martha? It, what I want you guys to know, and, and point number two is this, is Jesus is the resurrection. Jesus is the resurrection. And we know this, most of this is, it's no surprise. Yeah, Jesus came to resurrect us when, we're, when, we're, when we die. Jesus came so that, you know, when we believe in him, we'll get eternal life, something like that. We'll go to heaven because, because Jesus, uh, because of our faith in him, then we'll, we'll go to heaven. Yes, like, I, I got that, Sebastian. Jesus came to resurrect us and give us eternal life when we die. Like, that's That's promise. Like, like, yes, like, I'm so, I'm so thankful that Jesus gave me my salvation. Jesus came so that death and sin would not be the end of our story. Jesus' I am statement confirms this and shows us that what it takes to receive this, it takes believing in him. To believe in him is to have faith in him. I got some scriptures that I want to share with you guys to have because I want you guys to go back and really study these. I want you guys to know that what the Bible says can give you true, even more of an understanding of what God has already done. So first I want to give you is Ephesians 2, chapter, chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. It'll be on the screen. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. It says it right here, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God, the gracious gift from God that he gave to you. And how did you earn it? You believed. It's not a reward for the good things we have done, and we can't boast about it. It was a gift. John 3.36 is another scripture I want to give to you guys, and it says, Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life, for God's wrath remains on him. If you believe in the Son, you will have eternal life. You will be resurrected. And if, but if you reject Jesus, if you reject the door that he's knocking, he's knocking at the door. If you reject, it says the, that God's wrath remains on you. God's given you this choice of a resurrection or not. 
And we can have resurrection because who Jesus is and what he's done for us, what he did. He took our place on the cross and for our sins, he paid the price of all the wrongdoings and he resurrected three days later. Jesus is the resurrection. Jesus resurrected. And, and, and because of Jesus, we will experience a resurrection when we die. Because of our faith in him, through grace, I'm thankful that I will be resurrected, that you will be resurrected. Romans 5, 8 through 11, another scripture. Romans 5 actually is my favorite chapter of the Bible. If you haven't uh, gone through it yet, read it. This has probably been the catalyst for my, my, my youth uh, really getting into God's word and what his truth means and how it applies and, and how it can change my life. It's uh, verse 8. I wanted to share this with you. But God demonstrates his own love towards us and that while we, will st- while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having much much more than having now been justified by his blood, see we're justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. So it's through him that we're saved. It's through Jesus that we're saved. It says he, and he says he is the resurrection. For if when we were enemies, for if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. We are saved by his life. When he resurrected, when he died for our sins and resurrected, we were saved. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received this reconciliation. Someone say, we have, we have received reconciliation. We have received reconciliation because of Jesus. Because of Jesus, we have received reconciliation. So let's get back into to our main scripture today, uh, John chapter 11. Let's go to verse 39. Jesus is now at the tomb and he says, roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. Yeah, verse 39. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha the dead man, the, but Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, he has been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me, but I say out loud for the sake of all those people standing here so that they will believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet bound in grave cloths, his face wrapped in head cloth. Jesus told to them, told them, unwrap him and let him go. Point number three is this, Jesus is the life. Jesus is the life. So we see here that Lazarus is still in his grave clothes, Here's what I notice about that. No one is too far gone to experience a miracle from Jesus, not even after being mummified. Lazarus is a mummy, and he came wobbling out of this tomb because Jesus called out to him and told him. The supernatural work of Jesus shatters our idea of what is possible. What Jesus can do it seems impossible. In our minds, 
And even in our ability, it is impossible. But because of him, because of his ability that's for us, it is possible. Can I say you are not too far gone? I want to say you are not too far gone. And it doesn't matter what you think your outward appearance may be. What Jesus did for Lazarus, he can do for you too. Obviously, you're not a mummy. I hope, I mean, you probably, you should never experience being a mummy, even after you die now. We don't do that anymore. Uh, you will not be a mummy. Amen. I'm glad I, it's a little freaky. Um, it doesn't matter what your outward appearance may be. What Jesus did for Lazarus, he can do for you too. And without Jesus, here's, here's the reality. Without Jesus, every human is dead and decaying. Apart from Christ, our homes are mere tombs temporarily housing the dead and the directionless kind of that's kind of dark right there how our, our bodies are temporarily housing the dead and the directionless this is apart from Jesus remember and at, at one point every person is like Lazarus spiritually dead and in need of intervention and we don't need someone to fix us up we don't need someone to fix us up we need someone to raise us up because that's what the world wants to do. The world wants to, to just, you know, bandage you up and just kick you on and just, hey, get out there. Jesus doesn't want you to just be fixed up. He wants to raise you up. New life. And here's the good news. Jesus doesn't want you to decay in a mer- metaphorical tomb. He is the resurrection and the life. He doesn't want you to stay in the tomb. I'm so glad that the tomb's empty. I'm so glad that with his power, that tomb was able to be empty. His tomb was able to be empty. Lord, because of you, my tomb is going to be empty. Do you get that? Do you get that because of Jesus' power? Because he is our resurrection in our life, we will be resurrected. There's going to be an empty tomb that has your name on it. You're not going to be there because you're going to be with him. Because of your faith in him, because of your faith in Jesus. It's through his gracious gift and your faith that this is able to be done. So this is something that we cheer for. We, we're thankful for God. I'm so thankful that you are the resurrection and the life. You want to resurrect things in my life. You want me to resurrect. You don't want me to stay decaying and dead. You want to call me by name, to call me and, and to walk out of my metaphorical tomb and to be with you. Dead to old, the old clothes I used to wear, you say those are not for you anymore. I have new clothes for you. When you become a Christian, Jesus stood before your grave and shouted, come on out. This is what Jesus is doing. He's shouting at you, come on out. We, without Jesus, apart from Jesus, were dead And he is the defeater of death. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. What's the opposite of death? It's life. Jesus is the defeater of death. He is the life. We are hurting. Some of us, we are hurting. We need to remember that he is our healer. Some of us, we feel helpless. He is our helper. Some of us are desperate. Desperate for for, from whatever. Some of us are desperate. He is our savior. He is our resurrection. He is our life. Here's what I'm going to tell you. You need to be resurrected. You need life. 
true life. Jesus Christ says that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And I hope you're picking up kind of what I'm throwing at, that Jesus didn't come to this world and die and be resurrected so that you just had eternal salvation. He also wanted today's reality to be resurrected too. That's the, good, that's the goodness of God, that it wasn't just, well, they'll be in heaven. I'll see them when they get there. It wasn't that. No, Jesus wants a part in your story today. Jesus wants to give you life today. Jesus wants to restore things for you today. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And he came to give you those things and give you these things. John 10, 10 says this, the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. And this is what Jesus says. He says, I am, sorry, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. So Jesus, in his own words, says, I want to give them life and life eternal. Another translation says, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. It says that, that, that Jesus says, I want to give them life and that they may have it more abundantly. True life, true meaning. So life is being offered to you. Life, Jesus is offering you life. And like I said, it, yes, eternal, but also this life today that he wants to be a part of. The power, you need power today because who knows, we all know this life can be hard. Situations can be hard. Sometimes things that we think should work, they don't. Sometimes we think that situations are just a dead end. They'll never change. It'll never be different. Jesus says, I am the resurrection. I can resurrect that. I am the life. I'll show you. I will give you life. That's what Jesus wants. He wants to give you life. When Jesus demanded Lazarus to take off his grave clothes, he was saying that Lazarus needed to stop living and looking like the dead because now he's alive. So Christian, because of your faith in Jesus, you are being offered resurrection, resurrection life. Jesus offers you resurrection and life. Don't stay in your dead clothes. Dead to old, new to new life. Jesus is offering you new life. Don't look the same. You're not supposed to. That means you're supposed to live differently, look differently. Because of life that he gives you, we should rejoice. We should be thankful because he's working on our behalf. He's already done so much. He's already proven us. He's already proven to us he's so worthy. He's proven himself in all that he is and all that, that he's done for us. You owe it to him to take off your old clothes, to take off the old battered, mummified wraps that what, what is what death claimed over you and take up the new life and new clothes that Jesus offers you. He wants to give you better. Not rags, but life and life abundantly. So I, I say, refuse to live like the dead. Refuse to believe that situations that you face are always going to be the way that they are. If you have a bad relationship with somebody, you need to remember that Jesus wants to resurrect that situation. There's things in a relationship between you and another person 
whether it be just frustration or something, someone you know is making terrible decisions and you just don't think it's ever going to be turned around, Jesus wants to resurrect that. The hope that you can have for things, Jesus wants to resurrect you from that, resurrect that situation. The dreams that have been killed and crushed, the passions that you feel have dwindled away, Jesus wants to resurrect those things. Jesus is the resurrection of the life, and he's offering this to you. And full life comes from him and him alone. If he's saying in his own words, I am the resurrection and the life, that's pretty, it's pretty, so like that's, there we are, period. Is there anything other than resurrection? No, it's, it's, it's just Jesus. Is there any other way to have life? No, it's just Jesus. That's what, that's what he's telling us in I want us to consider what are things that need to be resurrected in my life? I can tell you a couple things. The, the sins that we have, the, the sins, the things that we do, the, the things that we do that we know we shouldn't do, the feelings that we have that we know we shouldn't, the thoughts that we have that we know we shouldn't. We need Jesus to resurrect us from those things, because those things are death. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Is this battery going off? Is it, is it going in and out? Okay, I, I couldn't hear it. Um, Jesus is offering not just, you know, a mediocre life or, yeah, I'll, I'll give you a couple quarters. No, Jesus is saying, I want to give you everything. I want to give you eternal life. That's better than anything you could ever come up with. And I'm so thankful that he has, he has more for me than I even deserve. That's the gracious gift is that God wants to give you more than you deserve. That's his gracious gift. That's his grace. That's his beautiful and amazing grace. How sweet the sound. I'm so thankful for what he's done for me, who he is for me. That he is the resurrection and the life. And this is, this is kind of where I want to close with this thought that there's, there's more life to have because of Jesus. There's things that he wants to do. Kimberly, if you can come on to the keys. There's things that Jesus wants to do in our life that if we're being honest, we've said are dead. We have have stopped believing that, 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 that there's things that Jesus wants to do in our life. We've put Jesus in a box saying, Jesus, I know that you could have saved and I know you could have fixed this situation, but you didn't. So yeah, I, I'm just gonna move on. No, Jesus, he wants you to trust him to know that he can still resurrect things that you have already casted off as dead. You've put that tomb and you've closed it shut and you've stopped believing that a miracle can happen. But I'm here today to tell you in a very simple way that Jesus wants to resurrect things in your life today. Jesus wants to give breath to the breathless. Jesus wants to breathe life into you. As we can stand up now, as, as we close, I want you to ask God, what needs to be resurrected in my life? What areas have I closed off saying, God, you can't do it. You can't do a miracle here. What areas 
in what relationships that, that you think are too broken or what um, hopes and dreams and abilities that you've, that you've discontinued. And, and God wants to give life to those things. What places are, are dead in your heart, dead in your mind that need resurrection? Because Jesus wants to resurrect those things. He says in his own words that he is the resurrection. He is the life. He wants to be a part of your life. He wants you to know that he has a better life for you. When you lay your life down in, 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 this, in this working relationship with Jesus, it, what is it? It's, it's dead to old ways, raised to life to new ways, and then lived out this new way. I want to give us time to not feel rushed. In a second, I want to I want to close our eyes, close our close our eye, close our eyes, bow our heads, and just let the Lord who wants to minister to us and speak to us, the Lord who wants to resurrect us and give us life. I believe that He wants to tell you and show you things that He wants to resurrect in you. He wants to heal in you. He wants to make right what has been wronged. He wants to heal. Can I get an amen? He wants to heal. He wants to give resurrection for things that seem to be broken. He stood in the gap on your behalf. He was on the cross on your behalf because he knew that you were worth it. He knew that I was worth it. Even when I was in sin, he knew that what I'm doing is for them because I love them. Jesus is your resurrection and your life. And I'm so thankful for this. And I want you guys to know how graciously and wonderfully you have been made so that you can experience this love. Jesus wants to resurrect things in your life. Jesus wants to give you life. Let's just take a moment just to think about this, to dwell in that thought. We hope you've been inspired by this word. To help awaken your faith on a regular basis, subscribe now so you can be alerted when we have a new message. Thank you so much for listening.